0: dropping this uh, special unspooled episode on you out of the blue, because I think a lot of us right now are dealing maybe with questions we have about vaccinations or people in our lives that won't get vaccinated. And uh, my wife, June Diane Raphael, actually got to sit down with a pulmonologist who is a frontline worker. She's our good friend, Kate Grossman, and has been at the forefront of this health crisis for the last 20 months Um, and she's incredibly knowledgeable and she can answer some questions right here and also talk to you about how to talk to family members who might be on the fence so take it away June Deep Divers, how did this get made, listeners? I have a very special conversation that I'm excited to share with you. So many of us know people in our lives, know people who know people, who are unwilling, afraid, and not getting the COVID vaccine. And in this conversation today, I am going to be talking to Yes, she's a dear friend of mine, but more importantly for this combo, she's a pulmonary and critical care physician. She is a board certified. She's board certified in internal medicine, pediatrics, pulmonary and critical care medicine. She attended medical school at the State University of New York, downtown medical center. She completed both internal medicine and pediatrics residency. The University of Chicago, followed by pulmonary and critical care fellowship, at the Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. And her name is Dr. Kate Grossman. And she is joining us today to provide us with a cheat sheet of sorts. And I'm going to be asking some questions as uh, playing the part of an unvaccinated, um, hesitant member of society. And Dr. Kate Grossman will be answering My questions, um, I'll be doing what I do best, which is acting and doing some of my acting for you today. And Kate will be doing what she does best, which is giving out um, sound, safe medical advice. Please welcome Dr. Kate Grossman. Hi, Kate. Hi, Junie. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your talent and your knowledge with our audience and our Deep Divers and our How Do This Get Made listeners. Um, so many of them I know are already vaccinated, and that's wonderful. But if we've learned anything from this pandemic, it's that we're we're not well unless we're all well. And just how key it is that we all uh, join in on this effort to get everyone who can get vaccinated, vaccinated and, and quick. So, Kate, I thought... Um, I would start, actually, before we jump into our scene work where I play the part of an unvaccinated person, I'd love you to just give maybe a minute or so of just an update on what you've experienced during this pandemic as a doctor working um, in the pulmonary and critical care field and uh, what... It's been like for you.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I uh, am a pulmonary and critical care doctor. Uh, I happen to practice in Missouri, which, you know, we're kind of famous right now. Um, and throughout the pandemic and, and in my career, I, I work in the intensive care unit, um, as well as have a, a pulmonary clinic where I see outpatients who, who just have general pulmonary problems, um, you know, so through the pandemic, I've, I've taken care of, of patients in the intensive care unit who are sicker than sick and on ventilators and having complications from COVID like like blood clots and kidney failure and other infections. Um, uh, and I've taken care of patients who are just on huge amounts of oxygen um with with big masks attached to their face and and just unable to get off that oxygen and end up with us for for weeks and weeks and weeks um and and oftentimes don't go home i've taken care of patients in the clinic who um had covid and and were able to stay home and had a you know got sick but never needed to be hospitalized but you know, now come to me with with long hauler symptoms. They, you know, are overwhelmingly fatigued. They're short of breath. They have scar tissue in their lungs. They now have asthma, um, and and are really debilitated from what they thought was you know a mild infection. Um, and now, you know, that we have the vaccine out, we're we're seeing a, a pandemic of unvaccinated in Missouri, um, where our ICU in our hospital is is full again of covid patients and and the vast majority of them are unvaccinated and they are just as sick as they were in the beginning of the pandemic um so uh, you know we're we're having a a whole new pandemic except this one feels like like it's preventable it should be preventable and so having this conversation with my clinic patients and and honestly with with anyone who will who will
0: listen to me, I think is really important. So Kate, so let's get into the conversation. I'm going to be transforming and starting my transformation into um, someone who's hesitant about the vaccine um, and doesn't feel right taking it or doesn't want to take it right now. Uh, I've heard that actually from a few people of, I want to wait and see. So I'll get to that question in a second. But I also just want to urge any listeners who are not vaccinated to, to, to really put your put your um, listening ears on for this part. So I am now transforming into character. I'm almost there. I'm now I've arrived. So doctor, I just don't trust any of these vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, because I just feel like they've, um, you know, they've, They've just been developed and released too quickly. It doesn't seem normal that a vaccine could be created in this amount of time and be safe and effective. So for that reason, I really don't want to take it.
1: That is something that I'm hearing a lot. And and I can tell you that it's a valid concern coming from the position of of being a layperson and watching this pandemic unfold and seeing this, this vaccine come out seemingly rapid fire. Um, but the truth of the matter is that this isn't a, a new vaccine and, and coronavirus isn't a new virus. Uh, coronavirus has been around for, for years and years and years and has caused epidemics and outbreaks in the past like MERS and SARS, which were back in 2003 and 2012. So so scientists have been studying coronavirus for extensive periods of time and have known that, that it's a really nasty virus that has potential to do devastating things. So, so people have been studying the virus. People have also been studying this new, uh, vaccine technology of, of using messenger RNA to get a tiny portion of this virus into your body to have an immune response. So, so the virus really isn't new. The technology isn't new. What happened with COVID is that once COVID was, was kind of raring, we, we got a copy of its genetic code very, very quickly. And these brilliant scientists were able to take that code and plug it into what they've been studying and create a vaccine and and study the vaccine. And the reason that it came out so quickly or seemingly quickly is that The government supported it. The past uh, president and the current president have done a a really great job of supporting this vaccine and throwing money at it and getting it produced and getting research studies going. And and the research studies are very robust. They are as robust as any vaccine study for flu, for pneumonia shots, for shingles, for for vaccines that we give our our two-month-old Um, and newborns. So so these studies that came out with the coronavirus vaccines are, are really robust studies, and they have shown that all three vaccines are very effective and
0: they are very safe. So, okay, I understand that you're saying that the vaccine isn't necessarily new, even though it feels like it, the virus isn't exactly new, even though it feels like it, but um, I'm a bit concerned about putting anything, taking any shot in my body that the FDA has not approved. Uh,
1: and I hear that as well. You know, the getting anything approved by the FDA is a process, um, and and things that they look at are really the studies that that have been going on and that continue to go on. And what what our our politicians and and government has done a really great job of is is kind of recognizing that that these studies are wonderful. The vaccine is great and that we should be putting it out there because this is what's going to save lives. And and so allowing for emergency youth authorization before the FDA has formally approved it while it's still going through the process because we see the studies and we see the data and we know that it will eventually be FDA approved as it goes through the process. And I think we're going to see that in the next few months.
0: So I'm hearing a lot. OK, I guess. But I'm hearing a lot about the Delta variant. And I know people who have already been vaccinated who uh, are getting the covid virus uh, because of the Delta variant. So to me, I'm thinking, what's the point if I'm going to get it anyway?
1: Well, there there still are points for it. And, and we are going to see breakthrough cases that that happens with with viruses and with vaccines. We will see breakthrough cases, but the point of the vaccine and what all three of these vaccines have proven and what they've also shown against the Delta variant is that they protect against infection. But the most important thing is that nearly 100% protect against severe disease and death, which is really what you wanna be protected against. So if you've gotten the vaccine and you get a breakthrough case, The vast majority are going to be patients who, you know, are at home and they have bad cold symptoms and they might have a fever, they might feel awful for a little bit but they're not coming to the hospital and they're not seeing me in the ICU and they're not on ventilators and they're not dying from this.
0: Well, okay, I guess, but I'm all about, you know, mistrust of big pharma and I just don't want to line the pockets of Mr. and Mrs. Moderna and Lady Pfizer and J&J. So, I kind of think this is just a money-making scheme.
2: So I'm not the biggest fan of big pharma either. Uh, I find it incredibly frustrating in clinic trying to get my patients the medications they need and and realizing that they're having to to fit this into their monthly budget because some of these inhalers are so expensive. Uh, but I think this is different. I think these companies took a gamble on on creating these vaccines and and the vaccines were incredibly successful. And I don't feel like the the companies are really trying to um, price gouge, you know, people on this. The, the vaccine is free. Uh, you don't need to show identification to get one. You don't need to show your insurance card to get one. Um, you know, most places will ask for your insurance card and, um, and they will Bill your insurance for them giving the vaccine, not for the vaccine themselves. Um, but you know they they really aren't making money off of you as an individual um, getting the vaccine. So I, I feel like that argument of of not getting the vaccine um, to to prove a point uh, the really the only person that you are hurting is yourself and your loved
0: ones. Okay, and now listen, I I'm um, you're starting to turn me. But I would prefer to wait another couple months because I want to see, you know, are my friends going to start to grow another arm? Like, I would just, it's all so new. I just like to wait and see. So I think, you know, the wait and see issue is
1: is getting us into trouble. Um you know waiting and seeing is allowing for this virus to to change and to shift and and it's why we're seeing variants it's why we're seeing delta variant and it's you know we're going to see other variants as well because it's giving space for the virus to mutate and and to become more resistant to the vaccines so it, truly we need to get people on board and and vaccinated as soon as possible to protect yourself to protect your community to protect your family um, and And there really aren't side effects that you should be worried about. the The short-term side effects of the vaccines are very few and far between. Um, there has been some press about about some severe side effects, but the risk of getting one of those severe side effects like um, blood clots in your brain or inflammation of your heart or things like that are very low. We're talking one to sixty in a million, okay? Mm. Um, much, much, much less than your chance of getting struck by lightning in your lifetime. Whereas, if you get COVID, your risk of dying is one in a hundred and fifty. So, it, so your risk from COVID and and COVID has huge side effects. Also, you know, a majority, a huge thing that we see in COVID patients is blood clots and myocarditis or inflammation of the heart or lining of the heart. I mean, we see all of these side effects that people are worried about with a vaccine in much higher numbers if you get COVID. And and so, you know, the risk of, of severe side effect from the vaccine, just it, it isn't there. Um, any side effect that you do have isn't really a side effect. It's, it's the effect of the vaccine and it's a good effect. So, you know, if you feel awful for a day or two, if you have high fevers, if you have body aches after getting the vaccine, That's your immune system kicking in. And I would wear that with with a badge of honor that that your immune system is doing what it's supposed to do. It's responding to the vaccine. And when you get in contact with covid, your body's going to respond to it and neutralize it before it has chance to do any damage and get you sick.
0: Well, God damn it, if you aren't starting to turn me a little bit, Dr. Kate Christman, but I have two children and they're going to be five and seven. And I know that apparently they're going to be eligible, maybe by the fall even, for the COVID vaccine. Now, I might get it based on this conversation, but there's no way in hell that I'm going to have my children who are not fully developed yet put this brand new vaccine in their body. So, you know, the interesting thing is
1: that that um, one, I have two children also and and I have one child. All right.
0: This isn't a children competition, first
1: of all. One child who already was eligible for the vaccine and and she was signed up the first day that that it came out and and she is vaccinated and, you know, and is excited about being vaccinated, one, because it protects her. Two, because we've let her reemerge into the world a little bit since getting vaccinated and hang out with friends and go to the mall and things like that. Three, next year when she goes back to school, if she gets exposed to COVID or comes into contact with a classmate with COVID, she doesn't have to quarantine. And and Zadie has had the worst luck with quarantining this year. They went back to in-person school in April she had to quarantine the first two weeks that they were back in, in person for her, her, her ninth grade year. She had to quarantine in the middle because one of her friends got COVID and she ate lunch with them. And she had to quarantine the last few days of school because the kid who sits next to her in math got COVID and she wasn't considered fully vaccinated yet. So, so this vaccine allows her to get back to normalcy and, and it's safe. Um, the second that it comes out, For younger kids, my four-year-old will be getting it. I I truly have no
0: doubts about this. Hmm. Okay. I'm starting to get a little bit closer and closer to getting my vaccine. I guess I just, I really don't want Bill Gates to put a chip in me. (laughs) And... (laughs) I will say this about
1: about long term side effects or concerns about chips or or things like that is um, there really aren't long term side effects to vaccines. You know, no one says, oh, my God, that shingle shot I got five years ago is like rearing its head right now. It just doesn't happen. The vaccines are very, very degradable by your body and as are kind of the the material that's injected with it.
0: So like we poop them out
1: (laughs) within a week, your body has has basically digested the the mrna or or you know whatever the lipid carrier that that the vaccine is in your body has digested it and the only thing that remains is your immune response to it your natural immune response to it and you know with these vaccines there is there is no way for them to get into your dna or to to you know do any fancy schmancy things like like microchips um you know, it, it's messenger RNA. So it's literally just like an instruction manual that gets injected into you and, and your body takes those instructions and builds a protein and then disposes of the instructions. And the only thing that's left is your body's response to the protein and the protein even gets degraded. So, mm-hmm. so nothing is left for long-term side effects. Um, and that's true for, for any vaccine, really. Um, any side effect that you're going to have is within days to weeks.
0: Okay, I think I'm going to get vaccinated, Dr. Kate Gershman. And I guess I'm wondering, I have friends in some marginalized communities who have had pretty poor um, health outcomes and experiences with the healthcare system and have felt... Um, There have been systemic issues and racism and sexism and classism um, in their experiences with doctors and and nurses and the medical system in general. And they're really distrustful of this vaccine. I guess what should I say to them? I, I think that's very fair. Um, you know, there, we have
1: a huge history in, in this country and the world of, of having issues related to racism, of, of providing really good reason for medical mistrust in the past. Um, the studies that came out with this vaccine are are wonderful studies and, and very broad studies. And, it, you know, if, if someone has a concern about that, then, you know, talking to someone who they trust is really important. And so most health departments are doing outreach into the Black community and into other minority communities um, to, to be able to kind of fight misinformation and to get good information out to people and, and, you know, create a community of trust that, that this really is a good vaccine and that it's protective. And what we're seeing with COVID is that COVID is disproportionately affecting members in mem- minority communities and marginalized communities. And so if you have a, a virus or a disease, that, that is impacting the Black community more, and then you have a community that's mistrustful of the vaccine, you, you've got to break down that barrier and, and be able to really get to the, to the community um, to prevent COVID and prevent bad outcomes and, and to build trust. Um, so talking with your health department, talking with outreach people, um, talking with your church and, and, and people that you respect and talking with your physician and, and members of the medical community who you
0: trust and who could provide good information. Thank you so much, Dr. Kate Grossman. Now uh, now that I'm someone who is willing to get vaccinated, I think I'm going to call all my friends and just publicly shame them if they haven't gotten vaccinated. Is that the best way to do it? Um, not not quite. Um, you know, it,
1: <laughs> it, it's hard, but, but, you know, I think the message to, to get out to people is that these vaccines work, that they're safe, that they're going to protect you. They're going to protect your loved ones. They're going to allow us to have more normalcy, um, which we're all, all desperate for right now. Um, and, and, you know, I would truly recommend it for anyone. If I were pregnant, I would get the vaccine. If I were breastfeeding, I would get the vaccine. If if I had cancer and was going through chemotherapy, I would get the vaccine. I I, I could not recommend it more. Um, you know, in talking with friends and family, what we found is that that you know while these types of conversations are good, the true benefit of uh, and the, the true influence in, in changing people's minds is having a trusted family member or friend talk with their their loved one about these reasons of why to get vaccinated. And I can tell you that that being in Missouri right now where we're having a pandemic of unvaccinated people is it's, it's devastating in the hospital. It's ripping through families of unvaccinated people. Um, and it's ripping through families of, of partially vaccinated people where, you know, mm-hmm. we're having, you know, grandparents come in after seeing their adult grandchildren or, or, you know, teenage grandchildren who have decided not to get vaccinated because they wanted to wait and see. And, and grandma and grandpa are getting sick from their grandchildren. And, you know, the 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 complications and the grief and the family dynamics that we're seeing in the hospital right now, you know, trying to take care of these patients that that their their deaths and their illness and and everything that comes with covid could have been preventable. So so truly now is the time to have these conversations with your family and friends. You know, as soon as possible people should be getting vaccinated to to really protect the people that they care about.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Kate Grossman. To find my vaccine and to get a vaccine uh, that's available where I am, I'm going to head to www.vaccines.gov. That's www.vaccines.gov. Now, I just want to remind everyone that is where you can uh, head to to find where to schedule your vaccination. um, And you can also see if you're eligible for an in-home COVID-19 vaccine. If you have difficulty reaching a vaccination site, you may be able to get one in-home. So I think that's amazing. And Dr. Kate Grossman, thank you so much for your time and uh, really appreciate you and uh, love you. And thank you for your work. No problem. Thank you for having me.